This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Of course it is. And you know, you and I, Court, have been speaking for a long time about how wonderful it is to saunter... That's a great word. Mm-hmm. Saunter through Zupans when you're in need of a gift for someone. There are so many great ideas, especially for Mother's Day. Yeah. Because they've got cookware and bakeware for sale up to 40% off. They've got the French linens that I always admire. And I, I, have, you know, I have to say it's generally... I'm not going to spend that much on napkins, but they're up to 40% off. This and you week. might for mom. Well, yeah, but I, my mom's not around any longer. Oh. So, but I do have a girlfriend who's a mom. There so you go. I, I can go that way. But um, at any rate, some of the things that you may have seen before that maybe you just balked at, they're 40% off right now. So for Mother's Day sales. So check out Zupans if you need some ideas for uh, Mother's Day. And there's so many, you know, from food to stuff. There's a lot of good stuff there. And flowers, Chris. Don't forget the flowers. Best flowers you're going to find in the Portland area is the floral department at Zupans. Easy. Also, take advantage of some great events happening at your local Zupans. Big dinners in the breezeway, one of which is a lobster and clam bake. They've got a bunch of these set up um, through the summer, June, July. Actually, it looks like there's one a month uh, starting in June through September. Um, Includes... uh, North Atlantic Lobster Tails, Wild Shrimp, Olympia Provisions, Kilbasa, and much, much more. You can buy that on their website. While you're there, you'll find out about the Winemaker Series uh, that takes place where you you know learn about different uh, winemakers in the Portland and Pacific Northwest region and uh, have some great pairings as part of those dinners. Those are fun to do. Mm-hmm. They've got quite a few in in, uh, in May, both at the Burnside and Lake Oswego locations. So check those out and check out everything else that you can find on the news feed by subscribing to that at zoopans.com. Or, of course, the store's court are Lake Oswego, McAdam, and West Burnside. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And I am co-host, Court Johnson. We are in week, is it week two of doing the West Coast Connection on this, baby? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Meet you in in Manzanita in Oregon, and I'm down here in San Francisco. And we are Portland's Food Scene Podcast because we both have spent a lot of time there and we know people. And we, we know, know what's going on. Sure. So, and I, I'm flying home tomorrow. That's good. To, to Tigard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's Portland. It's Portland. Sure. I, dr- I, will, I will drive through Portland to get to, to get to my house. Right. And besides, I consider Oregon, Portland, and Portland. They're interchangeable. I think a lot of people do. And, you know, not to get too, uh, too far ahead with our guests, but we're actually going to be talking about uh, somebody who started in portland and has expanded outwards so that's you know a lot of companies and restaurants have been doing that very thing i think it's becoming more commonplace where 
either they're expanding outward or moving. Yeah. I think we, we allude to it in this podcast, uh, this morning, there were quite a few, uh, restaurants that tried Lake Oswego and maybe tried Beaverton. Some have Mm -hmm. succeeded, but the Lake Oswego experiment contracted quickly. And that was a labor problem. Sure. Getting actual people in Lake Oswego to work at a restaurant. And then, Aside from that, you had no mass transit to get the the experienced Portland uh, industry workers out there. And that right. was what I understand the problem was. Well, Neil Thompson of Skywater Fine Wines and, and his partner, husband, Hans. We have three pronunciations, Court, um, of hands, hands, Hans, and Heinz that we can okay. use. So it's interchangeable. I can, it all works. I can be right on any one of them. Nice. But they opened that and Skywater Tea House in Hillsboro uh, just about a year ago. Uh, the, the wine shop opened in early June and then a month later followed by the tea house. And, um, you know, as we were just saying, a lot of businesses had to move out of Portland or expand and they did because they were right in the middle of the uh, shit. I asked Neil if um, the location, w- w- Park Avenue Fine Wines, experienced any of this stuff before the pandemic and what is still happening there because his former business partner operates a catering business out of that space. Mm. And he describes a recent uh, break-in that was kind of interesting. Um, well, it's all sucks, really. Right. Maybe interesting, but it sucks. And um, but he's not having those problems in Hillsboro. He's very um, excited and optimistic about everything that's going on out there. And he's got a lot of his former customers from um, when he was in Portland are actually out there. You know, Nike and HP and Intel people. Right. Not HP. I don't think he mentions HP. Um, but at any rate, they're out there. And so, um, it's kind of, it's nice to hear him a year in talking about what it's been like to be a wine shop out there and the kind of things he's doing. He's doing exciting events and the tea shop I found that, or the tea house, I found that conversation very interesting as in terms of how Hans wants it to be and needs it to be and how they kind of shape the whole experience and shape the customers to make sure that the, uh, you know, all customers are lending to that kind of, uh, not kind of, but um, relaxing experience that should be afternoon tea. And Mm. so uh, it's interesting how they've gotten there and what they're learning. And then we hear about their expansion. And then at the end, for those who will stick with us for the, I think, hour and five minutes, um, and anybody wants to know, Neil goes into his favorite spots to eat out there in that mm. neck of the woods. So um, I'm often thinking about that because I go by there a lot. Right. You know, it would be nice to stop out of the traffic and just eat and then jump. So um, it's worth we- listening to. And Neil is a really great guy. Easy interview. He He's an easy conversation. And so um, I enjoyed it and neil was joined us earlier six months prior to closing park avenue fine wines in november of 2021 
I think he started to tease the idea that he wanted to move out. I'm not sure. I didn't listen to this podcast again, and we all know how my memory is. But, um, but that's a good companion piece to this interview because we definitely go into his background, his relationship, um, how he met um, Hans and their travels to Victoria, which we talk about again here. Um, it's a re- he's an interesting guy, and he's got a lot of people I've seen. I'm friends with him on Facebook who really adore the man, and, uh, and it's easy to see why. And anybody can, can know that by spending the next hour with us after they subscribe and like the podcast. Do, do all those things, subscribe and like the podcast. And, you know, maybe, Chris, we should mention this. Um, maybe hop on over to PortlandFoodAdventures.com and find out about your upcoming trip to Italy. We gotta gotta talk about that quickly here, right? We got two spots left, so I would love to fill those with great, fun people. We have a really good group. I know every single person coming on this trip. They're either repeat customers for with Portland Food Adventures or my old ad agency clients of mine and friends. So it's a really good group, and there's nothing like traveling with Austrian sign um, our Italian guide who uh just listening to her speak italian to all the guys over there who are falling all over her is an experience unto itself <laughs> so portland food adventures check the uh, look for trips you can book there's a t- there's a drop down menu i gotta fix it so you can just find trips easier um and then let me know i'll uh i'll see if i can help i know somebody right at the fork is brought to you by zupan's markets unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And by... In Oregon, flavor is not just about food, but about character, freshness, and sustaining this beautiful place. Our fishermen continue to work hard to bring that flavor to all families who care about good food and healthy eating. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. I'm fortunate to have you here, Neil. Thank you very much for for playing the the uh, right at the fork game. You you yeah, played with us. That's back, what it is. Yeah, you played with us back in November of 2021. Yes. And that was six months before you closed your previous venture. 
Yes. Which was Park Avenue Wines. You closed in April. I could see. I do I do a little bit it, of research here. You look at you researching. I'm unbelievable. That's all uh, yeah, that's we, all I got. We can stop right now. We uh yeah, April thirty first was our last day open, fully open. Uh having guests in the wine bar sold almost every single bottle of wine. I had I ended up buying about Oh, less than two cases of wine that had not sold from the thousands of, you know, bottles there because mm-hmm. uh, we had but, announced we're going to be closing and everyone came in to say goodbye and buy what I, they could buy. I got some really scary news for you. Mm. You need to get back there because there is, you're still open. There is no such thing as April 31st. Oh, my God. There wasn't in that year? There's never an That's April thirty. That's so funny. 31st. April thirty. Of course right. not. I clearly am not awake yet, or something. So well, I'm, I will admit it. I'm not awake. This is it's okay. I'm just, I just uh, no, needed 30, to. Thank I just you. needed to establish my dickiness. You're the right first the one, front. and I've told that story a hundred times, and no one's ever thought this. April thirty, and on May first, I had the keys to my new space. So just lifted the shop and dropped it in Hillsboro. Very nice. That was a big move. You were yes, one of the folks who was suffering downtown uh, with uh, the the climate, right? I don't know how to coin yeah. it. The climate down there, the yeah, uh, the wild and, west climate. Yeah, and uh, and you decided you were not even gonna fuck with Portland anymore per se. You still have a lot of people, I'm sure, who come out to Hillsboro to Skywater Skywater yeah. Wines, and you've got Skywater Tea House. Correct? Did I yeah. did I get the both na- business names? Yeah, yeah. Correct? Skywater technically Skywater Fine Wines, but SkywaterWines.com is the URL, so we just go with Skywater Wines and Skywater Tea House. So you, you're kind of you were one of the people. I mean, some businesses added to their Portland locations and went out to Lake Oswego and subsequently found out that didn't necessarily work yeah they're uh, all closing left and right oh my gosh well that was a labor issue which you may or may not have because you and hans are working very hard and i know you have people who work for you but i mean you guys are really lifting not really okay yeah I thought no, you, I th- i'm still running the shop yeah I but the, the tea house tea house yes absolutely thank god we have Miss yeah. Trista. Yeah, we have a killer pastry chef who uh, we just promoted to manager. We'll get into that later, but she's going to kind of take the lead on that so we can keep expanding the Hillsborough, his little empire, he calls it. That is, uh, that's exciting because when you and I, and let me get this right because I like to get things yeah. right. Is it Hans or Hans? It is, it's both. You see, the way you want to pronounce it, it depends on if you pronounce it like his mom or other people. So you, you could just say Hans. It's, it's, so the, here's the deal. I tell people it's like Hans Christian Anderson. Okay. Because that's, that's it's really Hans. Yeah. All right, it's, well, like, I, it's actually hard to pronounce the Filipino way because it's, like, it's not even a Filipino name. But his mom says it. I'm going to confuse you now. It almost sounds like she's saying Heinz ke- like ketchup, like Heinz. Heinz, Heinz, Heinz. It's, it's like a hard to pronounce. So I picked up that's too my, many, my closest too many iteration was Hans. So I, I call him Hans all the time. But when he introduces himself to someone, they have trouble understanding. So he very slowly says Hans. So it, if you asked him right now, he'd, he'd probably say Hans. He's adapted to that. 
Okay. Well, I, I'm glad I asked, and we cleared yeah. that up. Because... Uh, let's go with Han Solo. Yeah. Han Solo. That's how Han people Solo, which, later, by the yeah. way, only people in our age group would know. So, um, right? Yeah. Well, no. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. So let's go with Han. Yeah. Uh, either either Han. is fine. Let's, I'm just going to. And what's the pronoun? So I can get that right. Oh, him. We're, yeah. we're hymns. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're you're gay both male. Hymns. Just, just like the standard old school. Nothing added. We yeah, are, okay. Uh, Nothing added. Just, but so, just, you know, here's what I understand. And we'll get to this. I'm sure we'll wind our way there. But you don't need to say all hands on deck because he is on deck all the time. The guy. He sure is. Y- your husband does an incredible job. Um you know, putting things together and making everything look beautiful and his care. And you knew that. That's where, so to circle back to where we were, when we met, that was your, you were out here in actually Manzanita looking for a spot where Hans mm-hmm. could, you know, you could do what you're doing, but he could uh, exploit his talents as well. And so that's right. Yeah. That was not long before you were on the podcast. And so it took a little while and you found a spot in, a couple of spots in Hillsboro and off you go. So you are, uh, you're what over a year in now or just about a year in. Yeah. By the time this broadcast, probably exactly one year. So June 7th is the anniversary date. Okay. Uh, of one year. And, and now let me be clear. That's for Skywater wines down. Uh, and that is located as you know, Chris is literally downtown. It's, there's like a main street, which is about four blocks with all the cute antique shops and the old shoe repair shop and uh, really cute, but there's the new exciting things coming too. And we're at the beginning of that. So it's right on the corner of Maine and fourth. And so that's the wine shop and the wine lounge, which are connected two separate spaces connected. And then um, to be clear for anyone, uh, I just don't want to miss this. The tea house, everyone seems to think it's part of the wine shop. It's not, it's about less than two miles down the road on river road. Uh, but it's it's reservation only, so it's not an issue that it's not a foot traffic area. That's in fact that would not be ideal for that one. But yeah, so the deal is we opened um, the the to answer your question directly with a little more info. The uh, tea house was actually in the works first, but because the former owner of a tea house in the same space was not retiring until midsummer, we were just waiting, and I ended up spinning when we decided to close Park Ave. Uh, in March, we voted on March 14th to go ahead and wrap it up because we didn't see Portland coming back for at least, we estimated, five years. So that decision was made, and I moved fast. So May 1st, after we folded April 30, May 1st, I was in my new space. June 7th, we were open. T-House didn't open until July. Well, that's shortly thereafter. And also, it would stand to reason that people think they're, you know, the they're connected. They they share a name, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and definitely. there's a reason for that. So, um, yeah. Well, that's good. So you've had a year now to evaluate. You pretty much know that if you stayed in downtown Portland as Park Avenue Fine Wines, it still wouldn't be happening for you, right? You, oh, so Lord. you made that call properly. We we really did. We lucked out, and and I know this too because my ex uh, operating business partner Stacy is still operating they have a she and her husband have a wonderful catering business um that does mostly large-scale winery events excuse me called parallel pdx 
they're they're wonderful. So they still operate out of the kitchen. They lease the kitchen there. So I get updates here and there. The owner Carl has had to put all the wrought iron fencing across the front. Uh, windows keep getting broken out. Someone actually broke in and went downstairs and found a room with a safe in it that had basically nothing in it and took a big skill saw and cut it open. And and uh, boy, it is just uh, a mess downtown. And this so is we're talking. I'm talking to you. You know, some uh, mid spring of 2023 and it is still a, a disaster downtown portland so did any of these kind of things happen before the pandemic did you i mean i'm sure you you experienced a little bit of you know unpleasantness oh, but was yeah, it like this same, at all exactly the same behavior now let me try to not use hyperbole for once that's not like me but i, I would say that it was operating at a five to ten percent volume if that's the right word frequency um, and now it's the same, but constant. If you park downtown, your car will very likely get broken into. I don't leave anything. People leave a bag in their seat. That's almost their own fault, I think. But, you know, um, it is people just wandering around, looking in cars, breaking in, stealing. There's um, swap meets. I was just downtown the other day, and there's like kind of swap meet uh, encampments that will have all the stolen goods right there on the sidewalk, bicycles, computers, uh, sitting out on blankets and things. And uh, there's no policing of it. There's no, uh, there's nothing. It's wide open. It's like a swap meet, uh, third world swap meet. That, down there. that is unbelievable. Well, it's kind of crazy. Let's not get I, too I far into it. it, into that. Yeah. But you know, and actually, I, I'm kind of numb to it now. It's like the new norm here. Yeah, but um, I don't watch the local news at all. But I happen to have I it on either. after the after I recorded the Jeopardy Masters tournament last night and. <laughs> Went right into K2 News, um, and I saw where uh, Ted Wheeler is now going to ban camping between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., so that's his way around some sort of regulations. But anyway, it looks like he's trying <laughs> to sure do they something. The, the news, and they're all going to follow his rules. <laughs> right, but there, was, there were a lot of uh, things that he was trying to do, I could see, and there were people arguing that you can't do this, you can't do that, and, uh, and at least... It looks like he's trying. I will also yeah, I say be, this. I wouldn't want to be in his position. No, I was thinking that has got to be the worst job in the world that I can I think of. And, you know, he looks he looks pretty good. He hasn't aged too much from what I can tell. But, I, you know, I've never been a fan or a detractor. I didn't know how to judge very much a politician who had no teeth, really, the way the system was set up. So I didn't know how to judge him, and I still don't. I just know, you know, here's, put it this way. I was glad to see, because I've seen you say so many negative things about the city, but I was glad to see you ventured into Northeast the other day and said very positive things about anything but downtown, Portland. Yeah. And, yeah. and you had a well, good experience. I still experience love Portland. There. I yeah. do, yeah. I it do, was, too. And it was, you know, and, it was, and it, was, uh, it was exactly what it was before, too. So there were... Um, you know, there was a um, a, a certain, uh, I, I can't make a judgment, but there was a certain element on the street around there for sure. But that's just a normal city. That's not, I didn't see anyone breaking car windows out or or uh, just doing meth right out in the open or anything like I did downtown. It's downtown is the main issue in my mind because that was where it hit me. But there's, I mean, there's a lot. The encampment's also ugly. We don't want, you know, we talk about tourism, but then it looks very 
dirty. It's very unsanitary here. But I, I did enjoy going into Northeast. That is, is, for those who don't know, that's the large kind of original African-American community. And I was thrilled to see that a bunch of the African restaurants different from different countries, different styles are still there. I used to go to them all the time when I lived closer in. Uh, a lot of them still there. And a lot of newer businesses are still independent. Record stores, coffee shops. It was it was awesome. I, I was like, this is the Portland I love and remember. Um, I, I saw the Popeyes we used to all have to go to before they sprung up everywhere. I was like, oh, my God, Popeyes chicken. That was the first, you know, all of us would drive forever to get up uh, uh, MLK Junior Boulevard to go to one of the two basically right next to each other. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, they're everywhere now. <laughs> but um, it's just such they're a not good out here, man. Either. I got I love Popeyes and I have to go oh, to so on my oh, it's not too far from you, but I have to go to the one. What is it? Shoals? No, I don't know where it, where it is, but Beaverton, Hillsborough, somewhere not too far from Tannisborn. But so. And the houses are cute. I, I like, and, and there's some more rundown neighborhoods like any part of the city, but in general, the houses are very cute. And I saw a lot of pride in the frontage of many of the homes, and the patios look very inviting and comfortable. I just pictured, God, if we lived up there just sitting out on the patio on a summer evening, trees blooming everywhere. Um, and right it now it's really so pretty. So, you know, when I moved to Portland or even further back, when my parents told me about their visit to Portland in, I think it was 98 or 99, they came here. I have my mom's diary of all their dining all over the world. And it was oh so gosh. fun to see where they went in Portland. Pazzo, uh, where else? Oh, ringside. Their favorite was ringside. But at any rate, okay. um, that one thing that they mentioned to me, was how clean it was, how pristine and beautiful Portland was, much like the landscape outside of the city. And that's the way I like to think of it. But, you know, we've just had a, it's just been clouded a while. And I hope, I almost hope you're right that it was five years because that means it's three more years away from coming back fully. Let's hope that somehow happens. But that's um, what we were trying to estimate somehow, but it is hard with, the leadership's hands are tied. I, I really agree with you. I would not, I don't, uh, same as you, I don't know how for or against uh, Ted Wheeler I am, but I do know that anything he would try to do is going to get hit from the other extreme side. That's the thing about Portland, love it or hate it. Uh, there's extremes on every side and they're going to say, you know, well, we're then, you know, leave the camps. Where are they going to sleep? And then the other people say, clean them all up, bust them off. You know, and boy, that, that guy, he must have a hard time sleeping. I'm surprised he doesn't look 100 by now. You said he doesn't look that age. But uh, anyway, that's our, we love our city. I do love Portland. Um, and going to the east side really helped me kind of pop my brain back into the things that I fell in love with 20, whatever, three or four, four years ago. Um, I was like, okay, some of this is just, just the same and just as lovely. And the people are out doing It's actually you know. lovelier than it was 20 years ago because – depending on how you look at it. But, I mean, home values have gone up, which means that they're looking better, right? If you're keeping up with yeah. the Joneses, you're, um, you know, you're making your place look a little better. So, yes, I was driving through Laurelhurst yesterday, and, you know, everything looks so pretty, and that's um, yeah, nice. So, but you, let's talk about your new existence in Hillsborough, you're living there and working there and um not that you know you broke any ground a lot of people have lived there and worked there for years but you are now operating you know a 
Portland food scene and wine scene business out there. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, we did. We did kind of break the thanks to the city here. I call Hillsborough the city that actually works. And it's um, there's a massive amount of support, man, like like crazy. People almost don't believe it when I tell them how supportive Hillsborough is. So we've got from the head of economic development, her name's Carla Antonini. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, She's efficiently helping distribute funds that have been set aside to bring businesses here, much like Beaverton already kind of blew up, you know, and. Uh, we looked there too, but there's really no parking there. And it's already kind of happened. And there's already similar models there. Um, we lived in Beaverton. So we just moved a few miles out to Hillsborough because we love Hillsborough. We shop in Hillsborough. We eat at Shun Izakaya there a lot, a lot. <laughs> Last night we were there. And I'm going um, to ask you to give me the full rundown of your favorite places to eat there at the end. Let's keep Okay. Going. Well, that won't take long. There's not a lot yet, but we'll we'll get there. But so what happened was we were the first, Carla, when we found our space here, um, we met the landlord and he immediately loved the vision for, now we're talking about the wine shop now, that's right downtown. He was like, oh my goodness, yes, this is what I want in my building. What do we need to do? Let's get you, he's, I'm leaving for two weeks for vacation uh, out of the country. But he's like, let's, let's just, I'm telling you now, we're going to get you in, you know, what do we need to do? So he puts me in touch with Carla. I meet with Carla the next day. And she says, here's all this grant money. Here's these things we can do. What can we do to help? She connects me to everyone. Next thing you know, we're connected to the head of art is a big thing. Art and live music on Main Street all the time. Live music every night of the week, uh, heading up and down Main. There's just stuff going on. So Bridie is the head of art anyway. And the EJ is downtown partnership. Within three or four days, we've met everyone. Everyone's joining together to help us get launched. What do you need from us? unbelievable and uh, a nice clean safe place uh granted we are right on the max track so it's not like there's not transients and whatnot but i digress um so the uh let's see answering the question before i finished my coffee is uh oh yeah so i was the first thing when i told them all what i'm opening everybody just lit up they were like oh my god yes 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 please this is what hillsborough needs so we covered the paper the windows in white butcher paper hands did it so it's perfect it was like perfectly lined up very clean and we immediately got our window decal guy out there with the gold leaf to put our big beautiful filigreed logo on all the windows wrapping around so you get this white background this gold leaf logo for about a month or six weeks while we built it out and oh my lord the whole town was just like dying to get it people were trying to get in the door and see and there was such a vibration about what was going on and so um, I, when we opened this, I heard one thing over and over for the first few months was, I can't believe this is in Hillsborough. Am I in downtown Hillsborough? Because it's, it's cute down here for sure. But this is the first thing to look like this. If people want to see pictures of it, just go to the Instagram account or the uh, skywaterwines.com. I've got a scrolling kind of picture thing there that shows the lounge with all the amazing decor and the sofas, the couches, seating areas for the lounge. And, uh, and the art, it, let's not forget the art. It's, you have some. All the art. art. My, my husband uh, has His art is up along with some amazing local art from Elise Prudhomme, which is one of the daughters of the mother daughter winery team called Three Feathers, right here in the neighborhood. Well, pretty close by. 
uh, she's a photographer who has a Paris gallery. She lives in Paris most of the year, but her, her beautiful, amazing photographs, the ones I picked from her portfolio dating back to 85, I think, um, are all hanging on printed on the most interesting uh, mediums like Japanese rice paper and stuff and framed by Katsuyama here in Portland. Just really beautiful. It's a, I got to tell you, it's a beautiful room. Um, Hans and I often choose to work there on our limited time off. We'll, we'll say, let's go hang out in the lounge. And uh, it's really comfortable there. But uh, when we opened, I will say this, Hillsborough really wanted me to be a wine bar. They, they were like, so this is the new wine bar, right? Do you have food? You, you know, is it charcuterie place? I'm like, oh, man, no, I'm, I'm just a retail shop, both by licensing and by profession. Um, the lounge is really a member lounge for memberships, but I let everyone use it. Um, so I've kind of adapted. And on the weekend, we act like a pop-up wine bar. We've got wines by the glass. We're right next to the Vault Theater, Bag and Baggage Productions. So we have an arrangement with them now where there's a premium membership at Bag and Baggage where you can start at Skywater and have uh, wines that are paid for by your membership at the theater. Uh, lots of tying in with community here. But anyway, to get back to your point, it was uh, it was the first fancy thing for sure. And pe- But then what I love to do is immediately just bring it down and ask people come in. And if I think they, they look overwhelmed, I just, you know, give them the Neil show and let them know I'm here to give them their $12 Tuesday night taco pie wine. Yeah, I'm the wine shop. That's what I can do for them. And it's worked really well. So one year in, uh, I've got a lot of regulars, a lot of kooky, awesome. It's like cheers, but wine in Hillsborough. It's a uh, pretty cool pretty cool setup i hope people listening are able to come visit it's uh, a lot of fun do you have some of your old uh portland customers coming out to visit you you have to everybody loves you mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah that's been a big thing that's helped me get launched with no marketing budget no money with no investors we really did this thing on a shoestring budget to say the least um and so with that in mind the uh the regulars are coming out some one lovely couple came out yesterday they drove all the way out kind of just to see me really they didn't even buy wine their friend did but um they just so sweet but mostly a lot of my clients were already intel genentech and nike so that almost all of them had told me when i said look i think we're going to close moving to hillsborough will you come with me with your membership and nearly all of them said, actually, that's better for me. I live closer or I'd rather go there or fill in the blank. So now we have big Nike meetings with one of my members is uh, really second to the CEO. He's, I didn't realize how high up he was. He's very modest until recently. But he has his team meetings here uh, in the lounge. He's a member so he can reserve uh, that and get all the things that comes with being a member. So uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a big big success with both the Portland people following me memberships and they get their locker there. Uh, that's by the way, it's funny. That's why I took the second space because the second space, which is sandwiched by the tap house, which is always busy, noble hop. And then my shop is on the other side. The lounge is in the middle. So no side windows, nice and dark made a perfect lounge atmosphere, but it was a computer repair shop. So the, the uh, room that had cooling units in it that was used for repairing a bunch of computers, putting out a lot of heat. I was like, good Lord, that's a wine cellar. It was already set up. So that's why I took it. It was already set up. We just put our paint and our wallpaper and put a big glass door in it. And uh, 
had a, my cabinet guy build a bunch of gorgeous maple and brass cabinets and boom, wine cellar. Um, That's a nice uh, recycling of that space. Oh man, it was so, I was like, I gotta have this space. It's incredible. Plus in Hillsboro, you can lease things for, I won't say numbers, but uh, considerably less than Portland. So, Well, very nice. So let's uh, just tell us a little bit. Do you want to talk about membership, how much it costs and what you get for that? Oh, sure. I, I guess so. I, uh, I'll tell you from this angle, though, same thing I told people for the first few months coming in. I really downplayed membership, lest anyone getting the first impression, like your listeners might be getting. Um, that it's not about the membership. I'd, I'd hate for people to think and that's that member club place because I really am just a big, beautiful retail shop. That's the with main gig. Yeah, big option. beautiful retail shop with an with an option. Yeah, so the hangout option. Yeah, right. And the membership's easy. It's all on the website, but it's uh, the the Skywater membership levels are atmosphere, stratosphere, and the edge of outer space. And if you, as you go up, you get more and more things. Basically, you're constantly living in discount land. You never pay full price for anything. Don't pay anything to open bottles in the lounge. Um, you know, you can reserve the room, all kinds of things. But um, I'd say the main, the main benefit is the first right of refusal to the limited seats for the incredible, awesome events, seminars, classes. And the tickets are um, up to half off. And then the next guest is 25% off if you're a top level member. So things like that. So you get basically your, you have entree to everything that happens. You get first right to everything. You never pay full price. And you don't even have to get your wallet out when you come in, really. I mean, if you've got something in your locker that you purchased from me previously at a discount, just walk in and say, Neil, I need to get in my locker. Got some friends with me. We're going to hang out play the games in the lounge, um, you know, ask me what music they want to listen to as long as it's on my streaming service, my legal commercial streaming service, I would add. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like their own, it's their own private, really nice living room, basically. And they can bring food in from outside, no, you know, no charge for that. So that's kind of the deal. But mostly I'm, uh, you know, I'm still the same shop. I lifted the uh, shop from Park Ave. And I have about 60% of the wine because I don't have the room or to be honest, really the, the finances to lay in to have the giant selection I had to park out. So I uh, lifted and dropped it there. So same international selection, focusing mostly on Europe, which is great because I'm in the middle of wine country where other people are selling local wine. Everybody belongs to the clubs at the wineries. I, I don't really move much local wine. It's mostly Europe and around the world. And my education is focused on Europe and things people don't already know, which is why people love it and attend all these things. Hey, Chris, let's pause a moment and talk about Oregon Dungeness Crab. It's a favorite dish at holiday gatherings, special occasions, or just when you're in the mood for the sweet, delicate deliciousness you can only get from Oregon's tastiest crustacean. It's harvested sustainably from Oregon's cold, clean coastal waters and is available now at your favorite seafood retailer or restaurant. Oregon Dungeness serves up 
equally as an appetizer or an entree and lends itself to both down home and white tablecloth cuisine. And it's also as nutritious as it is tasty. We know it's tasty. A three ounce portion of cooked meat has 19 grams of protein and contains important minerals and amino acids. It's low in both fat and calories as well as cholesterol and carbohydrates. That's important to me. Yeah. And rest assured, the fishermen are not just delivering a delicious and healthy product. They're also taking care of natural resources for future generations. Visit OregonDungeness.org for information on preparing your favorite crab dish and learning more about the fleet. So go ahead and crack the mystique. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. So, um... I'm always curious, usually with, well, with every food business or every uh, culinary or uh, uh, related business, so you said you opened it on a shoestring and that you don't have the budget to stock it the way you did before. How is business a year in? Are you able to uh, fund yourself a trip to France to go explore wines in, you know, uh, locally over there? I'm just asking. That's that's just that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm able to fund myself to keep a roof over my head. (laughs) All right. Well, that's what what I I mean. Anywhere anyway, because I'm all I so I am it. It's me. Uh, 12 minimum, minimum 10 to 12 hours a day, usually more like 14 to 16 hours a day, um, to also just work before I'm open after I'm closed. I work a lot. So it's just me and I'm there all the time, every day, but Monday. So what would it take for you to generate the income that would afford you opportunities that you don't have now? John, I just need to sell more wine. I keep selling. It's growing great, man. I've got growth every month. It's, uh, Working out great. The community is very happy to have me there. Uh, but, you know, just really there's no uh, science to it other than we are. Well, I will say this. We're increasing. There's interest in events and education, which I love. So we have uh, in in tandem with Hans kind of hiring for the tea house to where he doesn't have to always be there. He's teamed up with me at the wine shop. And while he doesn't know wine or pour wine, He's doing everything else. So he's keeping the place very well organized and he's my event manager. So we actually started a whole event kind of department. He's heading it up and we're two versions of that. We are allowing the community as he is very interested in being part of the active uh, political and social community, all the organizations. He's very in tune. He walks up and down Main Street all the time, just checking in with business owners. He's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Little 29-year-old, five foot five Filipino walking around, just like getting up in everyone's business in a good way um, and like asking how he can help. So we are volunteering. We're letting artists do pop-ups on the lounge side. We're letting uh, and no charge to them, um, no commission. Uh, with local musician, um, all kinds of things. But his deal is he, I tell him, look, here's an event I'm doing that he doesn't know about, like the wine and chocolate pairing. I want to talk about that. So amazing. Um, so he doesn't really understand that part. He just knows I know how to event manage. That's what he did in Manila. That's what he did for the government. He's an event organizer and nothing is missed. Every attention to detail is perfect. So I needed that pressure off me. So to answer your question, how can I be, I'll call it more efficient. It was by putting him in charge of the project management on the things I've wanted to do and not had time to do. 
So that's what he does. And he keeps the place. All the plants are alive. The orchids are alive. The tropical plants are alive. And everyone says, how do you keep those things alive? I'm like, because I married a Filipino. That's how. But uh, <laughs> Oh, that's the answer. Because all my plants never make it. I just never. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got a, a, a real green thumb. So how does but, that work uh, for him with regard to his time management and the tea house? Because that requires some energy as well. Um, it does, he- <clears throat> but it, it, it excuse me, it is running itself pretty well. I mean, they're booked out, and they are very successful. So uh, I'll be honest, the overhead is low at the location. So I told him early on, man, you because I kind of helped advise him. It's his business, but I helped advise him. Your overhead is so low. Go ahead and create what you want it to be because there's two ways to do it. You can either let the public tell you because you're desperate for money and you're like, fine, that's not what I want it to be, but this is what the people want. I'm just going to become a burger restaurant because everyone wants burgers, right? So he is, his phrase is my way, my way. He always tells me that and I've learned it the hard way. So my way, my way. So his way is a five sort of six table, depending on if we open the back room or not. Basically, the room is five tables, three, four tops, two, two tops. He's open from 11 to three, four days a week. We changed that. It's now four days a week, Thursday to Sunday. And that's it. And you reservation only. There's one menu only. There's no substitutions, mostly out of necessity because they have to, it's all extremely seasonal. Half of it's out of Trista's backyard. And, the, and there's no you know, big kitchen. We can't do dietary substitute. I mean, someone can say no meat. We can do that. But uh, so, so straight up, no parties larger than four, no large parties at all, no private parties, no moving tables together. He's made it exactly what his dream was and can stick with that dream because he can afford to. He's packed. I mean, we're charging $10 less for an afternoon tea than the trending price around town. Everybody's at 55. He's at 45. Uh, and um, I will brag. He, uh, I hear people say all the time, they've never had a better tea experience anywhere, including Victoria, Bay Area, you know, um, even London. Sometimes some people, including myself, would say that it's truly that exceptional. Uh, and the tea selection itself is unnecessarily exceptional for Hillsboro. Uh, randomly, someone will come in every once in a while and recognize the teas we're serving, which are uh, single, mostly single origin, completely top of the line. I mean, these teas cost hundreds of dollars a pound. Uh, many of them do. It's pretty insane, but it comes with your $45 tea. So bottomless pot, whatever you want. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to get into brag mode because his tea room is amazing. It's the most peaceful, amazing place and no, no phones allowed on the table and no creases in the tablecloths. It's very, very nice. Very so calm. He's, like, he's like the friendly tea Nazi. Yes, but very friendly. <laughs> and he creates an, what, so all that to say that he's weeded out over the first eight months or so open, he's figured out, okay, large parties don't work because I can't serve them well. I can't even, one, you know, one person doing the teas can't even time that many teas and get them out at the right time, let alone the food for this big table. Then that big table is loud because they're big than the other little tables not having a peaceful experience. So it wasn't for to be a control freak. He just decided what makes my room a quiet, calm place of respite with no Wi-Fi, with a 90-minute reservation for a quiet time for people to t- take a quiet afternoon tea with their 
friends or loved ones or children. Children are allowed as long as they're on their best behavior. And uh, oh, how do you, you know, how do you monitor? How do you? We do. That? Yeah, actually, actually, in the policies, which we recently updated, uh, I got to use the phrase ill behaved children. It felt awesome. <laughs> After an incident, but, but they don't. don't. Most, the, the most room people aren't going to think their children aren't are ill behaved, no matter what y- they do. You know, other than one time that was part of a large party, we haven't had an incident. We've everyone says that when they walk in there, there's some kind of magic in the air because their kids automatically go on the very best behavior. Also, there's a lot of people who are into training, uh, showing their children at a very young age proper afternoon tea, uh, and I'm, we had like a. a uh, a couple in that were dads, both men. Uh, dads came in with their daughter, adorable. Uh, another that same day, another mother came in with her, let's see, two sons, and they all of them best behavior. And typically, you don't have to dress up too much, but there's a dress code as well. I mean, there's no like sandals and shorts and whatever, and you know, crop tops and stuff. So uh, people come, you know, they come for they come for the right reasons, and they come ready to. Have an elegant afternoon. It's really something else. You got to see it, man. I well, well you, you, know, you know, I was guilty of making <laughs> you. You set aside a reservation for me, and I just completely forgot to tell oh, you, you missed make it. it. Yeah, so, it's okay. no, it's not. No, it's good, okay. We I just can't that. pay ourselves. That's all. I'm not kidding. No, it is a small room. We had on Mother's Day. We had four people no show, which is a huge hit. Basically, we lost all the labor for our uh, pastry chef manager for the day because someone just probably made a couple different reservations, let mom pick the favorite, didn't even call, didn't cancel. It uh, devastated our numbers. That's how small the room is. Are you taking deposits now? We are now. They they booked it before we started that, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, uh, I think that is a wonderful way to instill, um, I don't know, you want to use a word manners but just a tradition of tea and whether it's all about a nice peaceful quiet experience and to bring you know might be a good opportunity to just bring one child in because you know i'll tell you what i raised two kids myself and i found not that there was mayhem with the two of them it was actually the opposite it was too quiet when all three of us went out somewhere so i decided when the kids were you know, teenagers or even before that, I'd rather take one out and have a one-on-one than have them both. They they spend a lot of time together or did and would shut up because they didn't want to, I don't know. They were just like, didn't feel like talking. So I use that, the opportunity to say, okay, we're going out tonight. Next night it's you. And I would say that kind of experience would have been really nice. I know I, I can't say that my kids needed some tamping down in the dining arena, um, mm-hmm. but I would think that's a really good thing for a lot of parents to do whose kids are you know, a little ADD, 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 ADD on the phone, and and the fact that you have to put the phone away. When I started my events, phones went away, and everybody said, "What are you nuts? You need Instagram." Or Facebook to make. We let them take pic. Yeah, they're allowed to use it for photographs, but they can't sit on the table. A la the Japanese inspiration. You would never set your dirty phone or handbag 
I don't know if you've been to a Japanese place, uh, but it would never go on the counter where food's going to be prepared. That's the, that was the inspiration more than English. It was uh, everything he does is based on Japanese elegance. That's his whole freaking life. It inspires everything he does, whether it's just Filipino uh, kind of pop-up things. We can talk about that too, or whether it's whatever it's inspired by the cleanliness and the sense of order of Japan. So uh, do everything. shoes come off at the door? No, so we're not. It's not an Asian uh, house, so we don't do that. And uh, plus, people dress to the nines for to come in usually, so it's part of the outfit. And also, <laughs> it, well, I'm from the south where you don't leave hats on inside, but of course, in a tea house, ladies love to wear their fancy hats, and so we love the hats. Yeah, we love that. And do men come uh, with baseball caps on? Because I I've had that discussion. <laughs> better not. Do you ask but, them I mean, to remove them? I don't know. I don't know that that's ever happened because I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine anyone would keep a cap on when they walk indoors because I'm from the South. But but uh, oh. plus it feels weird. It's, it, the purpose of it is to keep the sun out of your eyes outside. Why you would leave it on inside, I, I've never understood that. But Well, no, you're, no you're more comfortable with your bald head. I, uh, I like to wear it just because it makes me more comfortable. Now, Years ago, I, I posed the question after I went to Ox, and I was sitting there, and I took my hat off, and three guys had baseball hats on. So I went on Facebook and posed the question, should we be taking hats off dining any longer? That's My father had me do that when I was younger, and it was mixed. But I'll tell you, going to Europe, you, I noticed you got to take your hat off. They're not yeah. as... You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, almost anything goes. But no, we're, yeah, we're all about our rights, us, 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 me. It's all about me, and there's no sense of uh, in the U.S. in general. Well, not not all of it. It's the Pacific Northwest thing a, a lot. I think where in West Coast, actually, it's West Coast where it's like no, but it's about me. Everything's about me, and Instagram and Facebook haven't helped because it's you know everyone's. That's just our attitude now, and so. Um, I don't care what other people think. I don't care about the room. And you know me, I'm like an actor slash They're not even aware of the room. singer. I, I'm, I'm all I ever think to a fault is uh, the room. How am I contributing to the feel of the room? I'll hear, I wish I could turn it off. But if I notice that uh, everyone at my table, for example, I go out with a group, uh, it's a Korean barbecue or something. Oh, well, that's pretty loud. So let's say a nice restaurant. Um, and I notice that someone at the table's, the loud talker. And so everyone else is subconsciously bringing up their volume too, even though they're across from me, I don't need them to, I can hear them. So I will intentionally bring my volume down to a calming tone and a quieter volume. And inevitably if the whole table comes down, they, I just subconsciously control the table. And that's, uh, I'm constantly doing that. I can't not do it. I, I just think what's happening the next table over, they've got to be thinking those are the, they're the assholes, you know, there's that loud table. And I'm like, what can I do short of being rude and saying, Stephen, shut up, because he's the loud one, by the way. Um, like, just can you please bring it down? Now, that's rude. I, I won't do that. So I just try to contribute but to calm. Don't you, would you agree that, most people nowadays, and I'm not going to cite an age group, but just most people nowadays are just oblivious to those kind of thought to thinking about other people and well, um, being aware of a room. I mean, most people are like, are you kidding? Of course. That's, I mean, that's like glaringly obvious. Now I overthink things, but, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, no one cares at all. Uh, it seems like it, I mean, some people do, but uh, as far that's, I guess, back to the tea house, that's the point is 
Um, we hope that people will come. By the way, there's now you're required to review the policies and etiquette before you reserve now as well. That's good. And the etiquette page is more for fun. It makes it fun because it's like a throwback rather than preaching. If people, it's a kind of a history of uh, afternoon tea and it encourages etiquette because it's fun. It's fun. It's like going back in time. Um, and so that's the way the etiquette is worded. Policies are more stern. It's like, here's what we simply cannot uh, really tolerate or, or accommodate. So that's under policies because people will show up and do the damnedest things. It's so weird. Like they'll show up, make the reservation, pass all the pages that say we're unable to provide a celiac safe environment and then sit down and then the food comes out and then they say, Oh, one of us is celiac or, or gluten or just doesn't like gluten for whatever reason. And I'm like, the, he's like, I can't do anything. Like I, you know, so that we have it crystal clear up front. Now, typically people who I found that people who are probably not actually celiac, who just are like currently deciding to go with the gluten-free diet for whatever personal reason. I've noticed that um, I think it's part of what you were saying that real self-centered thing, they just don't read. They just straight up don't read the policies or they do. And then they think, well, not for me though, because I'm me. So I'll get to show up and say, well, I want it modified because I'm different. And then we're like, well, we can't, there's just not an option to modify. And so then we, you know, we look like the bad guys. Luckily that hasn't bit us in the ass. No one's given us a bad review uh, because we, you know, whatever. So knock on wood. I've seen that a few times uh, where people just assume because Portland especially accommodates everybody. You know, they have this well, post-it note, cap yeah, post note capital of the world. But they uh, just assume that if ev these other restaurants do it, everybody can. And so... Yeah, no, I yeah, understand our, that. Our but it's little cool. kitchen and five tables is not is not I'll, is not in the business. It's good that model. you have a that the process is that people have to click through at least and have the opportunity to look at some policies and and yeah. to be able to have policies. I think that's great. So, yeah. and I, I want I want listeners to know we do try to accommodate within the realm of providing the thing we're proud to provide and not feeling like we've compromised the quality. So, for example, we're not against any people but if someone can't have caffeine for example this is a good example because it's not about gluten which is a hot topic um for example if someone is um uh caffeine free and they need to be like they have a heart murmur or whatever then we offer we don't believe that high quality teas should be decaffeinated tea because it strips them and you're losing the quality um, so what we do offer is a massive list of all natural, just as high quality as the teas, the Himalayan mountaintop teas, all the stuff we serve that is literally the finest in the entire world. We serve the equivalent non-caffeine uh, tisans and botanicals and, and uh, uh, different herbal blends, things like that. But it's the same exact quality. So every ingredient in those, they're prepared like tea, you enjoy them like tea. Uh, but it's not a compromise. We didn't take tea and just strip caffeine out of it and make it taste terrible. So you could go through the motions of tea, but it tastes bad. And that's the same thing why we don't think we can provide a dairy-free, gluten-free, fat-free, calorie-free experience in a tea house whose job it is to provide glutinous, dairy-heavy 
food. That's like the only thing we serve is gluten, sugar, and dairy. That's the whole menu. So you see what I mean? Like, it's not like we're against those people. It's like to do the compromise on those would create something subpar. And perhaps afternoon tea just isn't for that person. So that's how we feel with the caffeine is let us give you the highest quality, very expensive cost to us botanicals to enjoy a top of the line experience rather than a decaffeinated black tea, for example. That's the stick here. Well, there's there's uh, an opportunity for people to learn about options and go a different direction yeah. than Well, that's um, the fun of it. Yeah. Well, Instead of familiar but crappy, how about let us tell you about uh, Rishi Rishi's a key purveyor for us. Rishi Smith Tea, Harney and Sons, those are our main providers of of tea. We have about 100 teas and um the you know, they each have their strengths. Stephen Smith is uh, king of single origin elegance, uh, wonderful blends, wonderful iced tea. Uh, Rishi, our main purveyor from day one, they're the kings of botanicals and also very high quality single origin tea. Harney and Sons, they're the kings of flavored tea that isn't janky. So, what, I mean, you, the, if you can't find something on that list that's for you, then then you're not looking. Well, or you're not asking for your suggestions so you can right. help. That's the whole idea. You've got professionals who can help and, hone in on, on what someone likes. And you get half an hour. Every reservation, part of the calm of the room is each reservation is warmly received for half an hour by yourself. You get all the attention for any of your 90 minutes, there's a half hour before the next reservation even shows up to a different table. So you get full hands is full attention, hands and Trista um, to ask any questions. Uh, he actually starts you with the complimentary cup of tea, describes that one, tells you pick your tea when you're ready to pick. If you don't like it, he will immediately switch it out for another at no additional cost. You get to do that once. Um, and then you can keep changing if you want for five bucks, or you can upgrade to reserve, but he, he's there to talk about all of them. That's the experience here. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I love it. I mean, what they're doing there is unbelievable. Well, I am glad that we had the opportunity to dive deep and I'm slightly confused when you say it's his business and then you refer to it as we, Oh, I know. but that's okay. Know. You know, I know you've got well, your heart in it, whatever the, the money is, you know, he, that's not well, important. He, he is the owner and I own the other one. The one, if the thing is we do everything together and we're constantly involved in each other's businesses. Um, no, technically we're listed as managers on each other's, uh, LLC paperwork. Uh, but, but he owns hundred percent. I own hundred percent of the other, but the, uh, the deal is also with his limited, uh, English and certain other skill set. He's great at a lot. He's the one who took the business classes, but I actually run, um, he's taking on more responsibility now, but when it comes to dealing with our bookkeeper and setting up all the accounts and doing everything, I do all the back end, and I was doing all the ordering and all of that, but he is now starting to uh, take on more and more of that. Then I set up his online system, reservation system, so I feel very invested in it. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's a it's, it's a lot business. of love, man. You because yeah. not only do you have a lot of love for each other, and you can see that. I mean, you are beaming all the time at just the idea of of hands and yeah um but you also have to be beaming about your future because you've intertwined them pretty tightly you know your personal lives and your business lives so uh and we're not done yet 
Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome, and um, it's a really nice spot to eat. They have, they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air, Chris. I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, You had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I I finally did, um, because there's so many great items to choose from, and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu, and... Easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I like, yeah. I was dumbfounded by it. It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure, but I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's something if you have you know a couple of times you get to say just like you did that it's the best steak you've ever had, and they yeah. have it. They have different options too. So olive olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. Uh, the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us, and just the, the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. Yeah, it will be. Just go in there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now, and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale, so that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here: four thirty to nine Monday through Thursday, four to nine thirty Friday and Saturday, and four to nine on Sunday. And, of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, or on the Open Table app. We have new plans coming for Main Street as well. Well, do you want to talk about that? I want, yeah, to, I want to do two yeah. things. Let's talk about that. And I also want to, for, you know, we all know, or not that we all don't, but you and I know, I'm not the... Um, I'm not the best to be talking wine with anybody. You are, and you're on this podcast, so I think you know maybe you want to talk a little bit about what you've got going, what you've got going on in the shop that would I be should, exciting yeah. and a reason for people to come in um, that may be new or that is just extremely special that would be worth the drive from the east side from of Portland all the way there. Yeah, and the other thing is people who can't, I have the monthly wine club subscriptions also, and those are 99 bucks a month, and there's a few to choose from. And uh, yeah, 20 bucks, I'll ship it anywhere, anywhere in the U.S., except for Alaska or Hawaii, pretty much, uh, or local delivery. So there's that, too. Um, yeah, I'll talk about the wine shop first, and then I'll close up with expansion. But uh, the wine shop, like I say, it's, a, it's about – it's um. 1100 or so square feet of retail space with, you know, laid out in your typical situation, wine racks around the walls uh, and 
some stacks and things in the middle and wine from all around the world, mostly Europe. I'm running a really conservative uh, profit margin, so very slim because my big deal is online. So when I was at at Park Avenue Wines, before that I was 11 years at Liner and Elson, online's a big deal. So um, that's part of it. People can just buy online and have it shipped. And so with that in mind, I have a very competitive, nationally competitive price margin. And of course, there's no tax in Oregon. So when people order online, they don't pay tax. So that I would drive a lot of your listeners who can't make it here, just go to uh, skywaterwines.com. You can purchase online. And then, so even uh, someone li- who lives in a, in a sales tax state doesn't pay sales tax? Because usually yeah, isn't that the case? Yeah, we're lucky like that. Yeah, okay. for this it is, yeah. Okay. Um, and then so, so you know, I, I, don't, I would say that the main thing I've adapted, that that's important to me, the wine sales is very important, obviously. But if you're anywhere near Hillsboro, the real benefit here is we're going big on these events. It's so much fun. Everyone's in it. No one, here's what I found at Hillsboro. No one already knows it all. No one's, it's not the same old, like, what did it score? And I already know all that. And I, you know, collecting all the Bordeaux. Everyone out here has gotten to know me and a lot of regulars. And they're all like, oh my God, Neil's going to turn me on to some crazy Bosnian wine made out of Turniak, you know, that I've never tried before. You know, Neil, we're having lamb chops with, you know, rosemary and garlic and all the things and whatever. And I'm the crazy guy who's going to recommend a wine from bosnia or cabernet from galilee or something like that and they love it and they come back and they, they buy more and they tell their friends they bring their friends it's very exciting there's always a lot of excitement about learning something at skywater and uh, a lot of education monthly classes in fact god this oh man this month's class part one part two is in june so i don't know when this is going to broadcast but um friday we, We're, uh, what is tra- okay. tomorrow okay good well, the, this, the May class is already sold out. There's a few seats left for June, but it's the Carpathian Basin. Uh, so mostly, mostly Hungary uh, and around there. And then part two is going to be the birthplace of wine and all of Eastern Europe. So, uh, excuse me. So Georgia, Croatia, Slovenia, Slovakia, things like that. Romania. Um, I think he's bringing a Romanian. That's all by the importer Lone Wolf, Tim Davey. When he's done with some, when he's done with the seminar, you feel like he took you on a overhead drone flight of the of the country, the vineyard, the grape history. He took you back in a time machine. It's he's the most gifted seminar giver I have ever met, and he's going to do these and blow my customers' minds. So usually I teach the classes. This one's special guest. Um, so that's that's the kind of thing we do monthly. And then I got to tell you about this one, since this is uh, coming out Friday, it will have happened the night before, which is tonight, uh, is that uh, there's a local, this is what I'm excited to tell you about. It's so cool. You hear wine and chocolate, wine and chocolate. And I usually roll my eyes at that. I'm like, oh my God, it's some, you know, janky thing. But there's a local chocolatier called uh, Eric. His name's Eric, but his company is Stash, as in Mustache. Uh, and his adorable logo is his curled edge mustache but the thick part of the mustache is uh, cocoa pods and then it curls up at the end like his own mustache uh he's darling he and his husband live here uh just off about six blocks from from the shop humbly making his own little artisan chocolate bars selling them at the farmer's market you know like everyone out here does everything's a local artisan out here or farmer things like that 
well, I'm like, God, these are very good in their package and all eco-friendly. Even the plastic that holds the piece, the chocolate bar inside is, is a uh, biodegradable eco plastic, uh, beautiful packaging, creative, funny names like WTF is what the fig it's got figs in it. I was like, God, these are unusually good. And I come to find out he's too modest. I do a little research. He's the guy who won season three of best baker in America on food network. He's 25-year high-end pastry chef veteran of Four Seasons, Silicon Valley, who used to make all those frou-frou crazy architectural desserts. He's just total badass. And now he and his husband just live in their little cute little house here in cute little downtown Hillsboro. And he's at the farmer's market selling these unnecessarily good chocolate bars. So when he won, so, that wasn't his business then, right? When he won that... Uh, I don't the- think he had his own. No, no. He was pastry chefing. Yeah. So... And by the way, I would mention Mindy, whose last name I'm blanking on. Mindy also won one of those uh, TV cooking show uh, thing. I'm sorry, Mindy. I can't remember which one, but she has Decadent Creations and Collective Market also a block and a half from my shop. We're all right down here. And uh, But the deal with the chocolates is I was like, let's blow everyone's minds. So I said, would you let me carry your chocolates? And he said, yeah, I don't really do a lot with retail but you're, you're right here in the neighborhood. Yeah, let's do it. So he gives, you know, he gives me a wholesale account and I start selling his incredible chocolates and they're not all chocolate. Some are creative. Some are, they're all gluten-free by default. Some are vegan, which I was again, like, Oh, here we go. But they're all intentional ingredients. So the, whether it's oat milk or, or some other thing, it's not just an alternative to dairy. It's part of the flavor of that bar. It's all intentional. So like the blue orchata that I have right now is this brilliant blue bar uh, colored by blue spirulina. But it's the deal there is rice milk because it's an orchata bar flavored with cinnamon and you know, it's just like orchata. So he used rice milk, which is how you would make orchata. So it's not a compromise. It's intentional. So his deal, I said, watch this. He brought in one of his uh, white chocolate bars with black sesame and Japanese flavor uh, inspiration I said, I know what I'd pair with this. And I opened up a high-end Junmai Daigenjo Nigori Sake, which is uh, the unfiltered one. But this one's very finely unfiltered, very precise, uh, delicious kind of muscatty flavor to it. We I paired it with that. And he, I thought his eyes were going to roll back in his head. He's like, oh, my God, that's, I never would have thought to do this. I said, let's do an event. So tonight, uh, as of the recording of this, I am going to blow people's minds. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm pairing Brachetto d'Aki, which is a sparkling sweet red wine from Piedmont, Italy, with his uh, red and wild, which is strawberry. Uh, and we're doing all kinds of things. Pinot Noir, Jacobson's Pinot Noir Salt is on one of them. That's going to go with a Cameron Dundee Hills Pinot. Um, some of them were easier to like pair, and some got really creative. So I'm telling you tonight, I'm going to blow mine. So we sold out big time. We sold out the whole lounge for this one. So it's going to be killer. He's going to come around, talk chocolates. I'm going to come around, talk wine. Uh, and that's the stuff we're doing here. It's, it's so much fun. Well, I hope you do it again. Cause I was like enticed enough to say, Hmm, maybe I should make the, the jaunt over tonight. And, so uh, and then, <laughs> and then, and then drive back on 26 for an hour oh, and a half. So yeah. that's a nightmare. Uh, uh, can I talk do you? I was going to talk expansion before we have to wrap. I know we're at an hour. Yeah, no, go ahead, please. So the the plans, which were crazy, because, again, this goes back to the city being amazing and throwing grant money at everyone, because I don't mind admitting we don't we're not the bank. You know, we don't we don't have a lot of money, but the city is so supportive. 
that the deal is that we're planning to expand. Uh, we were about to open a Filipino restaurant down here on Main Street, and we had a hunch not to do it and uh, spare you the details, but we decided not to do it and found out later that was probably the right decision based on location. Um, but anyway, looking to get that going, so we're probably about to start up the Filipino pop-ups in the tea house and or the wine lounge, likely the wine lounge, so I can also serve wine, which would be something people would like, even though I drink beer with Filipino food, but that's, you know, we'll make it work. Uh, so about to start those, and that's under his restaurant name, which is Casa Crescentia, which is uh, already out on Instagram and stuff too, because it's, it's publicly known we're going to be opening something. So Casa Crescentia. But the focus right now that we're really focusing on is directly county corner from me on Main and 4th on the opposite corner is a very large building for downtown Hillsboro, like huge. And it's called Merrill Gardens. They have several locations. It's uh, independent living retirement 55 and up independent living retirement community super nice like and it's gorgeous. brand new right it was last time yeah, it was there it was, it. it was just building yeah they were building it well they're still building it it's scheduled now pushed back a little bit but january 24 um really the renders of it are gorgeous they're building it really well right now it looks incredible uh so the deal is they're gonna um, have commercial spaces for local businesses to move in right along fourth there catty corner from the wine shop so our plan is to put a version of skywater tea house but just a, a walk-in cafe seven days a week opens at 7 a.m you know probably seven to four something like that pastries to go tea to go like a, ca a cafe but just tea but offering for the gazillion apartments full of people with nothing to do but spend time and money uh and for local <laughs> Uh, residents uh, offering a sit down experience with like a light version of the afternoon tea. So you don't have to reserve. It'd be cream tea, scones and tea in the morning, afternoon tea, or you get your little finger sandwiches, your scones, your sweets. So we're going to have it where you can just come and sit down and do it. Uh, smaller version, lower price. Is that and like so what you were doing as now. a pop-up, just the Tuesday morning thing that you were doing in the so wine shop, similar? That, uh, yeah, the great, great uh, segue. We're actually expanding. We've already expanded that. We've restarted what was called Tea Time Tuesdays. It's now called Tea Time on Main. We do it Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the wine lounge on Main Street from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And that's... Um, Modified now to two fresh scones, a flavored one and a plain one, and a pot of tea. And that is 12 bucks. And that's we're going to expand that to Thursdays as well, as soon as he has one more person trained up in the tea house where he can be present. So Tuesday, Wednesday, soon to come Thursday. And then hopefully the, we'll transition that energy and that customer base over to the new tea cafe. I mean, directly across the street. I said it's, you know, a 30 second walk. So fantastic. Well, you're building a little empire out there. We're yeah. He's, he's trying. That's all that part's Yeah. Well, we are. Yeah. We you're are part of it. You know it. And so, you know, I often say this on this uh, podcast uh, at the end, gee, I really wanted to talk about what you do in your spare time, but your spare time is work. Um, it so really is. It, it's like there's not much more to talk about unless you go back in history, which we did in the last yeah. podcast, I believe. We talked about your your yeah. background and how you got to where you are today. So, um, Neil, I sure. really appreciate it. Did we not cover anything that you would like to? Is there anything that you would write me and say, oh, I wish... We talked about this or that because I want to give you the opportunity. 
I don't think so. I really wanted to talk about really just emphasize how excited we are. Well, there, I guess I would say that for people listening, everyone seems to out here seems to know that Hillsborough is the new fast growing community going into its next phase. It's gone through growth because of Intel and Genetech being here in Hillsborough. Um, but uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of growth happening. I should mention the U.S. Bank building project. That's the quad of a brew pub and uh, Grand Central Bakery, uh, Sizzle Pie, and a restaurant yet to be determined because the Sudra had to pull out, unfortunately. Um, but that's that's coming. Half of that's opening in June or July, I think July. Uh, so that's happening. Again, our rooftop bar, you know, down here, things are growing. Uh, Blue Ox, axe throwing bars about to open. So lots of stuff happened in downtown Hillsboro. I recommend and, it. And I alluded to this before, but just give me the top two or three places that you and Hans, like Hans, Hans, Heinz, like to go uh, out in your neck of the woods. Sure. So number one is the most obvious for anyone who knows Hillsboro for the last couple of decades or more is Shun, S-Y-U-N. Shun Isakaya is the excellent Japanese place that's been here forever. Um, Japanese owned, uh, used to be so full of Japanese businessmen, you couldn't get in, uh, back when Intel had a different project set going on and now it's full of locals. Uh, but it's, it's just excellent. And then we like, um, La Mixteca Oaxacana. So M-I-X-T-I-C-A, La Mixteca Oaxacana is the Oaxacan restaurant just right here on Main Street. And then the, uh, newest location of, Top Burmese, and this one is called Ambassador. They all have a different name, and that's right here on Main Street as well. And that's wonderful, great. You know, he loves the chicken wings and tamarind, and we love the fermented tea leaf salad and the uh, beef curry with coconut rice is exceptional. Good cocktails. That's that's pretty much it. We go to the we mostly just go to the Hillsborough Bar and Grill for what I call unnecessarily good food, killer burgers, great steaks, great. Um, uh, sandwiches, but it's it's a bar, you know. There's video machines and kind of dive bar, but it, but really nice. So we go to HBG is what everyone calls it. So we go to HBG almost daily, directly across from my lounge. Um, and, and there's other good places. I don't want to omit anyone, but that's where we go a lot. Yeah. Well, I asked for three. You gave me four. So you, you know, there you, we go. got a bonus. So that's yeah. fine. And uh, I appreciate it. And I also know Hans is a great cook. He's yeah. he's and so I was going to ask how often you go out, but you just said you're at, you're at H H B G every day. A lot, too much, too much. That's why we put on all this. Both of us have put on a lot of weight since we moved into my. I didn't mention that I live. We now live in my work building. I live fifty steps away from work because uh, the dogs are getting neglected. So now they are in hog heaven, having us around all the time. Uh, yeah, that's a big big piece of information but uh we we he does he cooks though there's always a always a rice cooker on the counter always some kind of pork belly leftover sitting room temp on the stove like a real filipino and so we we eat at home mostly but uh i usually just need to unwind because i do live in the same building so pop over to hbg have a Coors light you know eat some eat something sometimes do you ever feel like you just need to get away from that block or hillsborough when you're just there all the time you we know, you're- we do so i not for a while because i work so much i need to be here but recently i was like okay we got to start going back to other places that we used to love when we lived in beaverton and portland 
Uh, and so we, we do, we go out sometimes to date night. We call it date night and we get out. We I take just the car mean out. just getting I away. My car out and I only get my car out of the garage about twice a month now. Yeah, that's not enough. No, no, I we, find do I, we do Victoria. Yeah, yeah we go oh, to Victoria good. for two nights. We just did that actually twice. Oh, I saw that, and that's one of my favorite spots. I've got some great friends up there, and um, we're just trying to arrange whether they're coming here this summer or we're going there. So, um, yeah, we I go. Love it his there. family's there. We go there all the time. Oh, good. Well, that's a great spot to go. But sometimes I find, you know, I live in a sort of isolated spot. I love where I live. It's beautiful. But sometimes I just need to just get out and get out and enjoy Oregon. There's so much to appreciate and love about this state and the region, Pacific yeah. Northwest. So, No, for sure. I, I miss a lot of that. Luckily, we're in the middle of wine country, but I'm more of a more of a mountain guy than a coast guy. So uh, we used to go to the mountains a lot when I was able to get away. So, you know, that'll come again. It's okay. I'm not complaining. We knew it'd be a lot of hard work for the first couple of years, probably. And then we'll start going out again once we start hiring more. Fantastic. Let me know when you're out this way. Okay, we'll do. We'll go grab something somewhere. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Say hello to your husband for me. And, oh, um, thanks, Chris. And uh, we'll see you soon. It's not going to be tonight, but we'll, uh, we will see you soon, and I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate the chance to be on. Uh, our pleasure. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Mm-hmm.